team every day. Happy Friday. I'm Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are free, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. So March 4th is going to be a big day, guys, as I mentioned junior day Miami's going to have some visitors for the start of spring football to talk about that and so much more we bring in our friend and my colleague Brian Smith from all hurricanes and fan nation Brian how you doing sir doing well how about yourself I'm doing very well and I'm looking through uh, some of the players that are confirmed to be coming by for junior day as we can start to look at the class of 2024, especially now that the coaching staff is taking shape here. We still need a wide receivers and running backs coach, but we know who Miami's offensive coordinator is. The defensive coaching staff is pretty much set at this point. Uh, I want to start though with an offensive player, a wide receiver. And I wanted to bring this one up, Brian, because we haven't talked a lot about this young man on the show, despite the fact that he's a receiver, he's a four-star and he's local. So among the junior day visitors, Chance Robinson from St. Thomas Aquinas, six foot one and a half, 190 pounds, four star wide receiver. My hope is more receivers are going to start looking at Miami now that, you know, we're going to be bringing in an air raid style of offense. Um, according to on three Florida, it's very early. There's no crystal balls or anything, but they, they list Florida state as like the trending leader for Robinson, Miami trending in second for him. So there's ground to be made up here. But what can you tell me about Chance Robinson from St. Thomas Aquinas? I interviewed him last weekend, and he's a lot like most St. Thomas kids. Well-spoken. He's got a plan. He's not trying to rush his recruitment. Uh, he's coveted by Lord only knows how many people. But he told me that Mario and the staff, and this was right before they hired and you know, made the OC decision, they were after him, the whole staff. Like, this wasn't just Mario. So that means he's a priority. Okay, that's number one. And I'd seen him last spring when I went over to see Roger Harriet and STA in, in spring ball. I said, Roger, I was like, who's that? And he's like, that's Chance Robinson. He's got kind of a smile on his face. Uh, and I just – I didn't have to ask anything else because I knew. And the way the kid shot off the line, et cetera, he, you know, he's got deep speed. And he showed it again this past weekend for South Florida Express. He's a burner. He can separate a defense, change what their play calls are. And he's a humble kid. He's he's all the things that you look for in a recruit. So on and off the field, he is a big-time get for somebody. And, I mean, not that South Florida's ever short on, on receiver talent, but he's towards the top of the board. So uh, and, and he's really good friends with Jeremiah is going to Ohio State and a, and a certain guy by the name of Josiah Trader who's – high on Miami's board too. So there's a lot of pull. They all play together on South Florida Express. Yeah. Getting him would really help Miami because that seven on seven team and STA, they have a lot of cachet in the recruiting world, especially in South Florida. So he's a very big time recruit. 
Real quick side note, uh, you know, Jeremiah Smith, he will not be visiting on junior day. Well, maybe he could, but he's not confirmed yet to be visiting Miami on junior day. But, you know, he, he is verbally committed to Ohio State. I know that Jeremiah Smith, five-star receiver out of Chaminade, like he, he's at least taking notice of what's going on at Miami. I don't read too much in, in the Twitter of recruits because I think these guys like to troll us a little bit sometimes. But, you know, he tweeted out that eyes emoji on, uh, you know, Geno Smith is his cousin, the NFL quarterback. He tweeted out that like eyes emoji when Geno Smith was praising the Shannon Dawson hire because Geno played for Dawson at West Virginia. So like at least I know Jeremiah Smith, like he's taking notice of what's going on at Miami, Brian. But, you know, we talk about him a lot. He won't be easy to flip. Jeremiah is going to be a kid that you recruit until he tells you to leave him alone and then you still recruit. <laughs> he's the best player in the country. I, I mean, there's just – I mean, Mario's in a tough spot. The kid just kind of wants to go away from him, do his own thing, but you have to recruit him. He's in your backyard. Yeah. And he's another kid like Chance. Super kid. Uh, I talked to him a little bit this past weekend. I didn't bug him about recruiting. We were just talking football. He's he's so far ahead intellectually for somebody his age. I get why he understands the, the game. Like everything he does is to get better on that individual play. He has a pro, like a Chris Carter kind of mentality. Go, 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 you know, Jerry Rice, those kind of guys that were just nuts about their craft. He's that way too. And uh, if you're in Miami, you just got to recruit him until he signs Ohio State. If he does, he does, but you got to put in all the effort, which they are. So that's what I would do. That's what Cristobal's doing, and there's no, no shame in it at all. Let's go to quarterback because there's a really good one who is going to be visiting March 4th on Junior Day, and he seems pretty enthusiastic about what's happening at Miami, and that's Air Noland. Langston Hughes High School in Georgia, state champion, four-star quarterback. And from where I sit, Brian, his skill set, I think, would be a really good fit in Shannon Dawson's offense at Miami. Do you agree? A hundred percent. I've known him since his freshman year. He was on Cam Newton's 15U team. I did a special on him a couple years ago with some of his other teammates. Another kid that's got a high intellectual ceiling. Very yes, sir, no, sir, uh, traditional deep south, just very respectful. But he's also a kid that gets it, that not every play has to be a deep shot. Yeah. He played with SFE, with, with those guys, Chance Robinson, and then went this past weekend. He was rotating with other guys, didn't complain about it. They're, they're loaded at every spot. And he just makes the passes that you have to. And he's also mobile. He does well outside the pocket. He can throw deep if you need him to. But he's been trained forever to play quarterback, and he, he's a unique kid. He'd be really good in about any offense, to be honest with you. Fair enough. I guess when you're as good as he is, you could adapt to about any situation. Uh, let, let's talk about a defensive player who's going to be visiting, who uh, is one of the top players in the country. Uh, and sometimes when I think about these players, like, hey, we just talked about a quarterback whose name is Air. Let's talk about an edge rusher whose last name is rushing. I mean, what did, did these parents just know? Like, the, you know, did, did they train him from a young age to be an edge rusher? So five-star edge, Elijah rushing. I think he's out of Arizona, right? He's going to be visiting uh, Miami this weekend. He, his recruitment, obviously, first of all, he's a five-star, so everyone wants him. But, you know, it seems like he's got a lot of interest on the West Coast all the way down to the Deep South. What can you tell me about Elijah rushing? First off, he has every offer you want, and he had it before most of them pretty much before his junior year even 
season started. He's 6'5", 220. He can bend. He can he can just absolutely burst off the line. He can call pretty much any coach in the country right now, and it's good to go. Uh, to have, you know, that much time left in your recruitment, that tells you. And he's going to be a 50-offer kid, to put it in perspective. You might be the best pass rusher in the country for this class. Getting him on campus in early March for Miami is gold because it is proven historically. You don't only need out-of-state kids to visit for the official. You need an unofficial, too. Your odds go up significantly. It's always been, It doesn't matter the school. It could be Ohio State, Miami, USC. It doesn't matter. Two visits really help because it's familiarity. So good job by the Canes getting him on campus. And he's one of the kids that changes your program. You and I were talking about it before the show. Alabama and Georgia have cornered the market on D-line recruiting. It's it's ridiculous. For Miami to compete with them, and that's really the goal, you got to start getting the Elijah Rushings every single year. Georgia's gotten six top 50 D-linemen in the last two classes, the greatest two-year run I've ever seen. And that's going to two titles. I mean, they're going to get better. Yeah, they're going to keep winning titles probably. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. So you're not going to beat them unless you recruit like them. It's just – I don't care if you brought back Vince Lombardi in his prime. It's it's just not going to happen. So a kid like rushing that you have to prepare for on every down because if you don't know where he's at, he can run your game plan, that's what you have to have. So this recruitment could be the most important of any that Miami has this year, Elijah Rushing. So I want people to know uh, with Brian Smith with us, we are going to talk some hoops before this episode is over. So I know hoodie girls going to be happy who loves the hoops talk on the show. We're going to talk some hoops, but I also, I need to pick Brian's brain when we come back uh, on wide receiver coaching candidates, running back coaching candidates, because Brian is the one who's been putting together the hot boards on allhurricanes.com. And one of these specific names to know as a potential running back coach candidate is someone Brian has covered personally. So he can give us that sort of insight that you can only get right here on Locked on Canes. Guys, there are things you can only get at FanDuel, like the best odds and an amazing experience betting on sports. The midway point of the NBA season is here. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. How about that? Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. You can bet on the All-Star game this weekend. Honestly, that's going to make it more fun. I'm not a huge fan of the NBA All-Star game lately, but if I can get some action on it, I'm going to watch the entire game this weekend, guys. So that is my game plan. And, of course, when my Miami Heat take the court again, I'm going to be hitting up those Bam Adebayo overs because that's uh, that's what I've been doing really, really well with. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So do not miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're free wherever you get your podcast free on YouTube. Alex Dono here on Locked on Canes alongside Brian Smith, allhurricanes.com and Fan Nation. Uh, Brian, you have uh, put together at All Hurricanes hot boards. 
for running backs coach and wide receivers coach. Uh, now, uh, is it just me or it, I, I feel like the running backs coach hot board may be a little bit more difficult to put together because I, I just hear I hear a lot more buzz about wide receiver candidates. Or do you look at it differently? No, I, I really don't. Some of the receivers, think about Miami's history at the skill spots, regardless. Number one, it's ridiculous. And a lot of those guys have gone on to coaching and receiver in particular. We'll get into that. Yeah. But at the same time, running back, that position is just not talked about as much because the passing game is all the all the all the rave. So receiver coaches get a little more fame for that too. But uh, they're both interesting. But running back coach, I, I do have some insight on one particular guy. So that's yeah, kind of- and, and let's let's start with that. Um, and someone with with deep Miami ties and South Florida ties, uh, Tim Harris Jr., the son of Ice Harris. Uh, who is actually the running backs coach right now at UCF, which Brian also covers. And I, I was looking, Brian, at the the rushing numbers that UCF put up last season. I'm like, damn, like, I, I you know, obviously talent, I'm sure, has something to do with that. But I'm sure coaching does as well. Uh, what can you tell me about uh, the job Tim Harris Jr. has been doing at Central Florida? Well, Tim had a ridiculously deep running back group in terms of just different parts. Um, they had Johnny Richardson, who's one of the fastest guys in the country, but he was only 13. Um, this is a guy that averaged 14 yards a carry in high school at Lake Wales and has been a kind of a gadget player for Gus Malzahn the last couple of seasons at UCF. And he could only get 13 reps, but Isaiah Bowser had 16 rushing touchdowns. He was their, their boom guy. He was 225. And they also had other running backs that could do shifty things and make moves. They would play inside, outside, inside zone option. And the guys were just balanced. Didn't matter who they put in the lineup, different styles. They, they figured it out. Uh, RJ Harvey came in after had a really bad knee injury last year, this past season. Then he comes in and he was their best back at the end of the year. He averaged like 5.8 yards a carry. Another guy that would, could run between the tackles, could catch. They figure out ways to get guys the ball to make their strengths be at the highest point. And they were ninth in the country in running. So I know he can coach. They, they rarely fumble. They catch the ball well. And, again, like you said, his dad is the head coach at Booker T. Washington, where he coached for a while, was the head coach for one year. I believe it was 2014 before he went to FIU and then came on up the ladder. I mean, I, I would be shocked if Miami hadn't at least inquired at this point. I have no idea. But, I mean, the fit, he's Miami publicly guy. He's from Florida. He recruits South Florida, and he's an excellent football coach. Yeah, and he he, uh, he went to school at Miami while I was there. I didn't I, – he, he was not a personal friend or anything like that. Otherwise, I'd be hitting him up like, hey, take the job or apply for the job <laughs> or something. But, you know, I, I would love to see – I would love to see him on campus. Uh, you know, something interesting, you know, you brought up your, uh, your wide receiver coach hot board as well. And there are definitely, and I, I am in agreement with the names you put up there. There definitely seem to be some actual former Miami Hurricanes wide receivers who could be in the mix for this job because a lot of these guys are in coaching, right? You know, Leonard Hankerson is a guy who I'd love to have. You know, does he want to leave the NFL to come down here? That that's something we can certainly think about. Uh, you know, Kevin Beard, who's currently at Toledo, another former Miami receiver, and he did have a stint already at Miami as a wide receivers coach. But a name that I'm really interested in, uh, and I even heard Bruce Feldman bring this one up, so there's got to be something behind this if Bruce is even going to bring this one up, is uh, Reggie Wayne, 
who's uh, who was with uh, uh, with the Indianapolis Colts, started coaching wide receivers there last year. Uh, you know, Reggie Wayne, one of the greatest Miami receivers ever, one of the better NFL receivers ever as well. But would you be concerned uh, if a guy like Reggie Wayne were to get this job, would you be concerned about his lack of recruiting background? Because he's never done that before. Normally, the answer to that would be a definitive yes. But like I put in the article, it's Reggie Wayne. Are you not going to take a phone call? Let's just use Jeremiah as an example. He's the best. My, it's my opinion. He's the best player in the country, and pretty much everybody's got him in the top five. Yeah, You're at least going to take the phone call. It's Reggie freaking Wayne. Okay, I, I'm a little biased. I'm from Indiana originally, and I'm a Colts fan, but, like, he just dominated. He had 14,345 yards of receiving in the NFL and 82 touchdowns. Who's not taking that phone call? Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm taking it. I was here. You know what I mean? It, so he, he knows the game. He played with Peyton Manning. That certainly doesn't hurt either. And he's been on a Super Bowl winning team. He's going to have recruiting cachet that's so unique. While his lack of experience at it may not help, I'd imagine those factors would make up for it pretty quickly. Yeah, man. How um, how important are these hires, Brian? I mean, obviously, I would say that you know, getting getting the coordinators first, obviously, a big sure. domino. In the case of Shannon Dawson, you know, you're also getting your quarterbacks coach with him, so you checked off two boxes there. But as far as wide receivers coach and running backs coach, uh, you, you can't afford to get this wrong, can you? Every coaching position matters, but I think the receiver one in particular for Miami fans in particular, mm -hmm. no matter what the history, you know, Irvin and ironically Reggie and some of these other guys, we have to be able to look at it realistically with all the talent that's down here. Has Miami really been signing the elite receivers overall the last say five to 10 years? No, nope. yeah, they, they leave. Yeah. And they, when, when I was growing up and I was in my twenties, they signed about half of, which is all you really needed to do, if not just a little over that, because there's so many down here. But that's what led them to be a top five team pretty much every year for 15 years. Now, you know, they've struggled with that. They have to get a coach that these kids believe is going to get them to the NFL. Like I've talked to Jeremiah about this, and I've heard him talk to other people about it. He picked Ohio State based on their coach because he's getting guys in the NFL. And that was in a discussion. Mm. I get it. That's what kids look at. If they don't get the receiver coach, this is one example, right? They have no chance to ever beat Alabama or Georgia. You have to be able to beat them on the perimeter because you're not going to beat them in the box or the way they're recruiting. It's, it's not going to happen. You're going to have to score over the top. The talent's here. It's in South Florida. Can you go get it? And the receiver coaching hire is huge, not just his position, like, you know, get the guys to do what they're supposed to, but to bring them in. It's got to be a guy that just with his own cachet – gets their attention. And then, you know, he's got to be a dog on the recruiting trail and want to recruit. That's something you can force yourself to do, but it's got to be somebody that really goes out and, and gets it done. Coley from AM, who has obvious Miami ties, coached him. Mm -hmm. Somebody like that. He's a tremendous recruiter. And like I got put in the article. He'd be an A-plus recruiting hire. He yeah. went to Miami senior, played quarterback. He's been at Miami, went to Florida State, coached at both. You can't really do much better than that. They need somebody of that ilk or they're not going to beat Alabama and Georgia. Yeah, but by the way, there, there was a lot of uh, a lot of confusion and like clamoring over what's going on with Coley yesterday because you know Texas A and M they they are looking for a new wide receivers coach and people were like, wait, isn't Coley the receivers coach? He's actually the tight ends coach there. 
So I don't know how much like you read into that. Now, may, it, it, to me, Coley has more experience coaching wide receivers. So maybe the idea that Texas A&M like, didn't want to slide him back over to wide receivers coach might be something to look at. Uh, but, you know, his job is not open. Like he is still the the tight ends coach at Texas a and I, I still think Miami could make a run at Coley, but I think a lot of people were kind of confused. Like, wait, is he out of a job there? Because they're looking for a wide receivers coach. Uh, he, he, he is he is a Texas A&M coach at this moment, but it, it's someone, Brian, I've been saying it for weeks on the show. Uh, I, I can't guarantee you Coley ends up back here, but it's definitely a name we've been watching. That's the that's the situation. Experienced coaches know if they can get an elite coach, sometimes you got to shuffle the deck. Yeah. I looked up Coley's title; it was listed as receivers, but it's confusing because he yeah, ends for two years and then listed yeah. as receiver. I know just from being at practices, yeah. and I'm sure Miami does this too. They cross train receivers and tight ends line up, especially in the spread world we're in. Yeah, yeah. You know, except for the inline blocking part with tight end, it's the same stuff. It's just bigger guys doing it. Coley can coach quarterback, tight end, or receiver. Really does. He's done all three. He played quarterback. So who cares? If they brought him here and they moved the tight end coach to receiver and he coached, who cares? Yeah. yeah. You know, they all work together anyway. So I'm sure AM's thinking the same thing. They were trying to get Louisville's receiver coach for whatever reason. And that's what brought about some of that confusion. Yeah. I have no idea what Jimbo plans to do with Coley, but I guarantee if he can get an elite guy and Coley needs to be one way or the other, that's the way it'll work. That's, you know, it's smart decision-making. We're getting some great stuff here from Brian Smith from allhurricanes.com and Fan Nation. It's a huge sports weekend coming up at the U. Baseball opening up tonight against Penn State and basketball Big, big game and four huge games left because they're trying to win the ACC regular season. They're going to try to win the ACC tournament. Uh, Miami is going to be hosting Wake Forest on Saturday. We're going to talk about that with Brian Smith when we come back here on Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Make sure for your second listen, you check out Locked on College Basketball. My dudes, Isaac Shade and Andy Patton, are taking you around the college hoops landscape in 30 minutes or less, interviewing the best analysts, coaches, and players. They even had me on earlier this week to give some love to Canes hoops, so I love it. Make sure you make Locked on College Basketball your second listen, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so, Brian, right now Miami tied with the most ACC wins they're right in there in the picture to potentially win an ACC championship this year. Uh, all the games are big from this point forward, uh, including Wake Forest at home tomorrow. Hurricanes are going to try, what would it be now, 15-0 and 0 at home if they can get this dub? Uh, what do you have to look out for most in this game against Wake tomorrow? The biggest matchup, and it's, it's the one I wrote about, is the point guards. Obviously, Nigel Pack just came off a great game. He knocked, what was it, 23 points in the last game? And by the way, just from a fan perspective, his range is ridiculous. He's fun to watch. If he's inside half court, you better cover him. But the other part, he's going up against a guy that's just as good, if not even better, than an Appleby from Wake Forest, who's averaging over 16 points, over six assists a game. They're going to go at each other all game long. If you're a basketball nut like I am, and I'm from Indiana, it's a basketball state, this is why you watch college basketball in late February and early March. Guard play dictates who wins championships, regular season, tournament, and then the NCAA tournament. This game will be as good a game as there is in college basketball on Saturday. 
Anybody that likes hoops, whether you're a Kings fan or not, should tune in. Watch those point guards. The winner of that matchup will probably dictate the winner of the game itself because they are both mm. excellent. And one of them is probably going to have that key moment, whether it's a pass, a rebound, assist, whatever it is. Appleby and Pack, two great, great point guards. Miami Hurricanes hoops team right now. They're having a, a wonderful season. Uh, the, uh, the season were to end now, they'd probably be like a three or a four seed in the tournament, but they have an opportunity to raise their stock, Brian, including they're going to be ending the season on March 4th against the team that's currently sitting atop the ACC, who they lost to a close one on the road. That's Pitt. Miami will get them at home for the season finale, which is a big opportunity. Um, how important is it for Miami to finish the season on a run, Brian, and try to improve their seating? Uh, the next article I have about basketball is, is tomorrow morning, and it's specifically about that. Last year, Miami made it to the Elite Eight and got trounced by Kansas, who had played some easier games as a one seed and eventually won it. Well, they were a 10 seed. To even get to the final eight is pretty hard. You know, yeah. they, they played Auburn in the second game, who a lot of people thought were going to win it, and they upset Auburn. But they spent so much energy getting there, it was hard. While we did some research, 18 of the last 22 national champions were a one or a two seed. Oh, Basically, man. you need some help with easier games. Now, those teams have talent. I'm not, you know, I'm yeah. not saying they don't. Duke, Kentucky, whatever, UCLA, et cetera. But those programs all did one thing, get high seeds. You need, like, Kansas opened with Texas Southern. No offense. I'm not looking up Texas Southern's rush. I don't care. I know they're going to get beat by Kansas if Kansas shows up. Yeah. I'm sorry. And then they, they they got slaughtered. When you can rest your starters, that's why you want those ones and two seeds. Miami's on that cusp, just like you mentioned a minute ago. If they can win out the regular season and win the ACC, especially if they can get the one seed in the ACC tournament and at least make the ACC tournament finals, they could end up with a two seed. You know, there's so much basketball left to be played. If Miami can get to that point, it increases their odds to make a deep run in March incredibly. So let's take a look at the, those games. And the one you mentioned, Pittsburgh, last game, Watsko Center, it's senior. The whole nine yards, that game will be as loud in that game, in that arena probably ever. And yeah. for good reason. I mean, Pittsburgh's a darn good team. Maybe Miami by three the first time. Pittsburgh's good, but the winner of that, Hey, Pittsburgh, don't count them. They can make a deep run, too. That's a good basketball team. So the ACC basketball season is highly contested. It's a blast. Really enjoying it. I love it. Well, make sure you guys check out Brian's work. You can follow him on Twitter at FBScout underscore Florida, allhurricanes.com. Brian, can't thank you enough, my friend, for the time. Enjoy your weekend coming up. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Everyone have a great weekend. Make sure to uh, subscribe to our podcast, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review if you have time to do so. If you don't have time, make time. And, uh, and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll talk to you guys next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.